You're listening to the Simple Growth Podcast, the show that helps business owners get their life back. Here's your host, Mike Callahan. Welcome back to the SA Weekly Talk Show. Mike Callahan here with my co-host, Cody Owen from Service Autopilot. What's up, Cody? How has the week treated us the last seven days since we've been on uh, Facebook Live and the podcast? Man, I have been good. Just uh, just working on some new collaborations for the Lawn Care Millionaire YouTube channel. Um, I, I got to sit down for like two hours with Naylor from Lawn Care Rookie. Awesome. And uh, recorded a bunch of stuff. So keep an eye out for that on the, the LCM channel. Love it. Absolutely. So we're going to mix it up a little bit today, Cody. Uh, what we're going to do is actually be talking about um, creating production and profitability in your service business. So whether it's lawn care, home cleaning, pest control, uh, pretty much any service business has production behind it. We're going to go over the next half hour, maybe 40 minutes of how to break down a foundational system in your business for success. And not only how to set it up, but then how to actually get your employee buy-in for production and quality constraints. And then finally, probably the most important part of the piece, at least in my service business was, well, now that I've got all this kind of dialed in, how do I track it daily and weekly to make sure that we're actually hitting our numbers with profitability? How can I have transparency to my employees to actually get some buy-in? And then um, probably the biggest issue that I see in most service businesses, and I'll be honest, including my own in the early days is uh, when folks get on Facebook and they go, you know, I'm going to raise my prices this year or mid season, I'm raising my prices by three or 5% across the board, or uh, maybe it's a home cleaning uh, business where I'm going to raise my prices $20 a cleaning for weekly or biweekly and $30 per trip for the, every four week or monthly clean or very similar to lawn care company. You know, I'm going to raise my prices three to $5 a cut across the board. And really what we do is we end up alienating our most profitable clients um, and literally just bringing our least profitable clients up to where they probably should be at market value. So I'm going to go in and uh, kind of lift the hood and show you how to raise your prices with no emotion based on um, the actual job that you're doing and have no emotion in it. So uh, it's going to be a, a completely numbers-based um, solution to raise your prices uh, at least once, if not twice a year. And I'm going to kind of go through some best practices that I recommend uh, by the end of the year and mid-season. And really being uh, the 17th of July, July, this is about when most service businesses, especially lawn care businesses, probably should be taking a look at this. So I thought this timing was really appropriate, Cody. Yeah, definitely. So what I'm going to do is I'll pull up the screen here and um, dive right into it. Here we go. All right. And uh, if you have any questions along the way, Cody, feel free to uh, hop in and interject. And we'll, uh, if anybody has any questions in the live stream here or in the recorded version, we'll keep an eye on this for the next uh, 24 to 48 hours. So a little background on myself, if no one uh, has really heard of background of, um, myself and Callahan's Lawn Care from the SA Weekly Talk Show. Just a little background on it. Uh, actually, uh, 24 to 25 years, lawn care business upstate New York, uh, lawn care, landscape maintenance, no design build, and snow removal. Uh, in addition, in the last two to probably three years, uh, we've had the pleasure to be working with some of the top uh, experts in the national scene in the cleaning industry. So we know that market and we know that industry really well. Uh, just to mention a few people would be Martha Woodward and others, um, certified advisor of Service Autopilot, as well as Debbie Sardone, uh, one of the top consultants in the whole entire North America for the cleaning industry. So what we're going to be diving through here isn't just going to be lawn care. If you see, see the stats on the screen, it's going to be lawn care, home cleaning, pest control, and 
uh, pretty much any other service-based business that has production quality. So uh, if you're watching this and you see lawn care, don't be scared by it. This is going to be applicable to any service business. Uh, background story is literally with that lawn care business. Um, started a business that kind of revolved around myself as the single point of failure. So when we all started business out, majority of us uh, don't realize that we shouldn't build a business that's created around us as the only single point of failure. So that business that I had started uh, literally through high school, five years of college, and then thereafter, um, literally ended up causing uh, a divorce in my in my relationship with a high school sweetheart because I was working over 100 hours a week. So kind of after hitting rock bottom at that point, uh, I needed to find a solution to kind of take my life back from my business or just get rid of the business. Um, so obviously, I, I opted for the first option. Let's figure out how we can fix this and create a service business that still can provide a personal lifestyle for friends and family to be in the mix. So. Uh, after investing well over $150,000 in automation systems, uh, we went from 100 hours a week to three to five hours a week working in the business to literally an absentee owner of 30 days to pop. So um, just a little background on that and, and just uh, some of the, the good things we, we got lucky enough right in the business to get right. And some things, honestly, we, we, we didn't get them right. We had to figure out how to set those up. So as we dive through uh, the next 20 to 30 minutes, basing on productions and tracking, uh, we're going to share those wins and losses for you, um, particularly what we did in my company. So this is, like, this is diving into the, all the pain that you spent years figuring out. We're going to we're going to give away in the next 20 to 30 minutes. We are giving it away, Cody. And this uh, hairline would not be as receded as much if I had some of this stuff uh, in the holster before I actually started it. But kind of kicking it. I'll protect my hairline. Exactly. Exactly. So one of the things I want to look at, Cody, is if you were to guess, what is the average net profit margin in your industry? So let's say you're a business owner in lawn care. What would be your guess um, of your average um, net profit? If you're watching here live in the stream, if you're in lawn care or home cleaning um, or any other service industry, type right into the comments. What would you say the average? So put the, the name of your industry in the average net profit margin. So the profit that's left after you pay yourself um, a paycheck that is equivalent to what you'd have to pay someone to replace you in the business and all the expenses. So a lot of times most business owners are not paying themselves enough or they're paying themselves way too much. But what you want to do is what would be that net profit margin if you went out at market value and had to replace yourself? Um, and Cody, if you, if, if you don't mind, what would be your guess in the lawn care industry as far as a bottom line net profit? Three or 4%. Okay. Three or 4%. And what would you say for home cleaning? Um, Probably less, probably two, three percent. Two, three percent. Okay. Um, and based on those numbers, it, you know, you would probably think you're about average if you were running either one of those industries. So, did mm -hmm. some research. Pretty interesting stats here for sure. Oh, wow. Industry average net profit margins for a lawn care company is five percent, and a cleaning company is actually nineteen percent. Um, and those are literally averaged in the middle of the high and low of averages. So. Either way, though, that 5 to 19%, those are really tight margins. So what we really need to do in our service business is we need to find an accurate estimating reporting system to create that financial success. Because a lot of the lawn care businesses, even on that 5%, 6% net margin, um, as they come to us as a certified advisor of service autopilot, we start looking at these numbers. Cody, believe it or not, they're really at that 15 to 20% net margin. But some of the things that we're going to be going through such as uh, non-billable drive time, mobilization, and a whole bunch of other things we want to look at is what really erodes that bottom line profit margin. So a lot of the companies that um, are using a product like Service Autopilot for their service business 
um, are able to go in and see some of these stats. We're going to show you how to break that down. But it's really interesting that a lot of the businesses actually foundationally um, on the job itself are doing all right. But when we look at all these other things, that's what erodes that bottom line profit. Mm -hmm. um, and we're seeing upwards of 28 to 33% um, in these cleaning businesses as well. And then after they start to add in the factors that erode it, um, that's where they end up at that average of 19%. So we're going to kind of lift the hood and, and explore those areas, Cody, if that's all right with you. So okay. first we want to look at is what are the key factors to be above average in your industry? So there's quite a few of them, actually. So the key factors to better profits is creating estimates that ensure profits. And not only that they um, ensure profits, but they are foundationally based so they can be uh, delegated to other people on your team and you are not the only one running around doing 25 or 30 estimates in the spring season. Uh, we have jobs with budgeted times that can be tracked for accountability. So in transparency in a mobile app um, or on a printed piece of paper, we have a budgeted time with clear transparency for the team, letting them know, hey, you have an hour and a half to get this job done. If it's a lawn mowing job, that's the mow, blow and edge that job. And hey, by the way, that actually includes mobilization, the drive time from the last job. Uh, we want jobs that track costing and overhead. So we're going to show you how when we go in and set up the foundations of an estimate that we want to know the, not only the budgeted time, but what is the cost break even before we make that net profit. So not only are we going in and going to report on the weeklies and the, and the daily wins and losses, but when we go to create the estimates for these jobs, we can literally see on the screen what that projected net profit is. So right from the beginning, we're setting those foundations for success, not waiting six to 12 months and say, well, I hope it all works out in the end, which it never does usually. Yeah. Uh, we want to create a process that ensures that budgets are, are being reviewed daily. So we're going to go through the next few slides, actually show you the process I used in my business to create um, actual versus budgeted accountability, and then public accountability. How do we reward our team based on production and quality. So that was one of the biggest mistakes that I'm going to show you uh, that we made is we focused purely on production in the beginning and we thought the quality would come along. But really, when we implement this, it needs to be a production-based uh, estimating system with quality assurance. And we're going to show you how we actually built that out and reported it um, inside Service Autopilot. And then we want to have a system that tracks um, and reports this automatically. So I'm going to show you how we originally started to do this in the early days uh, in an Excel sheet or a Google sheet, uh, which honestly, there are some pros and cons. So I'm going to break those down for you because a lot of times you really want to be able to physically see the pain of a crew losing money that day or a week uh, losing money. And there's a, there's a video running around on the internet, um, probably about two, three years old, that uh, when the gentleman running Callahan's lawn care blew out his Achilles tendon, I had to jump back in the driver's seat day to day and run that business. And when I was physically typing in those numbers to that KPI report, um, it was a red flag. Like you could see the business hemorrhaging profits. Like it was just losing money. So after the second or third day, I was like, well, maybe this is an anomaly. But by the end of the week, um, I literally went out and it, it started to rain. I was out with the crew for the whole day. I looked like a wet dog. But it was unbelievable the fact that this team, the only reason they weren't hitting the budget at time is they weren't following the process and system that was set up to actually do the job. So you may have your, your uh, prices right. You may have your reporting right. You may have everything in your business right. But if those crews aren't following a process or system or standard operating procedure that's predictable that those estimates were based on, then that could be another issue. So having these daily and weekly reports 
are going to be a really good key indicator that somebody, whether it's the business owner or manager, needs to get back on that crew and help that team get back to that standard procedure. Because you may have estimated, right? They just may be going off on their own and doing a different process or system that that estimate's not based on. And then the final part of this is at least twice a year, I recommend the middle of July and the end of November, beginning of December in a lawn care company, depending, depending where you're at in the country, is we want to set a process for raising prices with no emotion. And I mentioned earlier, what we find in most Facebook groups and most service industry folks are just going out as a percentage, um, raising it or an X, a certain dollar amount. We raise everybody across the boards. And I'm going to show you how we can stop doing that because really what we're doing is we're taking accounts that are making a lot of money and we're literally going out and, and opting them out to go and shop your prices. Yeah. Um, so that, that was a big mistake in our business. And once we figured that out, it had huge bottom line profit implications. So three ways of estimating. Um, so as we started, like I said, definitely not on a pedestal here preaching, Cody. Um, when I first started out in the lawn care business, I went up to a house, looked at it and said, well, look, looking at this house, uh, everybody in my market, I feel is charging $45 to mow, blow and edge this lawn. So that's, that's what I'm going to charge. Um, nothing wrong with that, but obviously once we get educated in business, that's not what we want to be doing. So what I'm going to recommend is the second and third step of ways of estimating. So the second one is based on your experience, how long you will think it will take. So I'd walk up to that same house and say, listen, based on my experience to mow, blow and edge that lawn, uh, I think it's going to take approximately an hour. And if my goal is $50 an hour, I'm going to multiply my one hour times the 50 and the price to mow that lawn is 50 bucks. Same exact thing if we're in the home cleaning industry. Maybe we're going into a home for the initial clean, whether you call it a deep cleaner or top to bottom deluxe. You go in and you say, okay, based on my experience, I think it's going to take one cleaner five hours to do this top to bottom deluxe times the 50 bucks an hour. You got a $250 top to bottom deluxe. Now, we're going to dive in and give you the details of how to actually evolve from that process now. Um, and then we're going, to go, we're going to base it on a production rate-based estimating system. So these can be based on... Uh, several different variables, such as square footage of turf, square footage of the home, or I like to call it the livable square footage for the home cleaning industry. Um, that number coming right off Zillow, so we have a solid number. Uh, we may have also other things, linear feet. We may have uh, variables such as small, medium, and large shrubs. Uh, or home cleaning industry may be tracking some other variables, such as number of people living in the home, number of pets, number of living areas. So all these different, um, I'm going to call them custom fields or job variables, are going to go into your CRM and based on a pricing structure in the background, will automatically calculate a price, a budgeted time, how long it should take, and a cost before profit. So those are the three ways of estimating. I'm going to recommend staying away, away from trying to charge market price. But if you're not comfortable with a production rate-based estimating system, we start with your experience and then I'm going to show you over the next few slides here, how to actually take the data of when you do those jobs in the software and use a production rate-based system based on not industry averages, but actually how long it takes your guys and girls in the field um, to get these jobs done with your equipment as well. So it's a very um, customized way of estimating based on your system. So up to this point, Cody, any questions, thoughts uh, before we actually dive in and lift the, lift the hood on the actual two types of estimating we're gonna recommend you evolve into? I am really excited about the idea of using the data that you're collecting day in and day out in your business and like putting it to work to optimize other parts of your business. Like that is 
your your data is unique to you and no one can come in and tell you like oh you should be charging x for that lawn like i see so many posts online and comments on youtube channels and stuff that are like how much should i charge for you know xyz lawn and it's like they don't know your equipment they don't know how fast your employees work they don't know what you know the going rates for labor are in your market like all of these factors but if you have a target and you have the data like Mike is talking about here, you can actually know that your prices are going to be profitable and not like, you know, some shot in the dark. Yep. And, and I really love the fact that you said that Cody, before we really dive into the, the executables you can take away to implement your business today is uh, if you take an example of Jonathan of the lawn care millionaire, he owns a, uh, a very successful lawn care business in, um, Richardson, Texas, I believe in that uh, Frisco market. Uh, but if you look at Jonathan's setup in his lawn care business, they're running uh, either uh, used Ford Rangers or used F-150s. Um, they've taken these trucks and he's very, he's revolutionized the way lawn care and equipment is taken care of. Uh, he's put basically a dovetail with two mowers, the weed whackers, the blowers all in on one truck without a trailer. Now, that works great in a lot of markets. Um, but if you went to a Northeast market where like I'm at, and you're doing snow removal four to five months a year, that little Ford Ranger or an F-150 that's two-wheel drive probably used is not really going to cut it up here. So mm -hmm. you may look at it as like, well, Jonathan obviously is the expert of that area, and I'm going to base my prices on Jonathan's business over there if I could get my hands on him. Um, obviously, you probably can't get your hands on him, but if you could, I think that would be a very dangerous thing to do if you're living in the Northeast where I'm at, because where it may be costing him twelve dollars to $15,000 to put a new crew on the road as far as equipment and everything in, that same exact setup in the Northeast is probably between fifty dollars to $60,000. So basically round numbers, Jonathan may be able to put five or six crews on the road for the cost of one crew with the larger mowers in the Northeast market. So those are the things that scare me when you'd mention that, Cody, on the Facebook pages, because um, you need to really base it on your business, your overhead, and your equipment setup. And I'm going to show you how to exactly do that right now. Absolutely. So the first way of estimating outside of basing it on your competitors, which we're not going to recommend, is my favorite, guesstimating. Um, we're going to go out and guesstimate. Um, basically, it's time-based. But a lot of people are guessing based on their knowledge. And yes, that is going to be better than actually copying your competition's pricing because your competitor may have the Jonathan setup of ten to $12,000 per truck, and you may have the $60,000 setup. You Over can at, be losing money and about to die. Like you, it, exactly. So what we're going to recommend is we're going to do a time-based estimate. I like to call it guesstimating to have a little fun with it. But if you're going to go out, we want to base it on your experience. So step number one, we base it on your experience, how long you think it'll take. Now, underneath that assumption, you need to determine before we go out and start these estimates, what is your dollar per man hour charge? And we're always going to base it on one person. So things to consider and track is how many minutes, how many hours, or how many days for one person. And why one person is important, um, in a perfect scenario, if we had a two-man crew, um, they would always show up and there would be no call, no shows. Uh, but at, in the real world, especially in the service industry, we're going to have disruptions. We're going to have people that don't show up. So what we would do um, in, your, in your software, such as Service Autopilot, um, I love the way Service Autopilot has set this up because it's based on one person. And then when you add the additional people for the crew for that particular day, it tracks how long it should take based on the actual crew. But going in to estimate in the beginning of the season before those crews are set up, uh, we don't know who's going to be on those trucks for the whole entire year. We don't know 
Um, if it's going to be a one person or two person crew, if you're in home cleaning, you may have a top to bottom deluxe that it's so big, you may require three solo cleaners to come in. Mm -hmm. So the idea is we want to consider how long it'll take for one person to do the entire job. And then when you go to schedule and set that crew up, um, it'll divide out by how many people are on the crew from the budgeted time. So you may be wondering, well, why would I want to know different minutes, hours, or days? Well, based on um, a CRM such as Service Autopilot, this is going to give you that granularity. So minutes are very pretty obvious. How many minutes is it? Is it 60 minutes, 30 minutes, 120 minutes? That's going to give you the most granularity to be competitive in there. So it's going to basically take how many minutes times your hourly rate and set a price. Now, hourly jobs could be um, a spring or fall cleanup. Traditionally, we round those up to the highest hour or in the cleaning industry, maybe it's a post-construction clean. Those are usually built out by the hours. We're kind of looking at those. So some very, and if you're an hour or two high or low, it's not going to kill you when you go to put the estimate. It's not going to price you out. Um, and then other jobs, maybe design build. Maybe you're doing a paver patio job and a hardscape, and that may be a 45 or 60 day um, bid. So you'd want to go in and say, okay, we're not going to charge by the hour, we're charging by the day. So we have a set price for the day for the laborers that we would be putting on that. So um, those are the three main ways we see for success setting this up inside Service Autopilot. And we want to look at how many minutes, hours, or days. Now, other items you want to consider is, okay, this is great. We're in this time-based or guesstimating system, but we really, within three to six months, want to evolve into that production rate-based system, Cody. So how do we do that? Well, not only do we track the minutes, hours, or days, but we need to go in and consider the area we're servicing. And we're going to define that as the square footage of, say, turf, linear foot of edging, or the size, small, medium, and large shrubs. So we want to collect those job variables or custom fields so we can put them in the back of the software. So once we have a statistical mean of enough data between three and maybe six months, we can run those reports in the back end of the system that I'm going to show you here shortly how to get a production rate-based estimating system based on your equipment setup and the guys and girls on your team. Now, some other things that we talked about was, Cody, was eroding that bottom line profit. And maybe 5% is the industry average for lawn care. I'm going to recommend you don't leave your shop for at least 10%, double digits. But a lot of people will start out that the 18 to 20% net margin, which is you know 15% higher than the average. But that just gets eroded because we think it's all going to come out in the wash, but it doesn't. So shop time, loading and unloading your trucks uh, in cleaning industry, same thing, unloading, loading those cars, having those AM meetings. Um, those are time sinks, but we need to have those meetings to bring our teams together. Drive time from the shop to each job and back to the shop and material pickup. Uh, in addition, landscaping may have debris disposal. There's several other items here, but we need to think about all the things that are going each into those jobs and consider how do we track them and how do we integrate their cost and cover those costs plus our desired margin for profit and build that into the minutes, hours, or days in there. Because it's not enough to just take care of what's on site. We need to uh, take care of those other areas that are sucking the time down and eroding those bottom line profits. And in addition, if you're still in your guesstimating time-based phase, you need to spend the extra time to grab your square footage, linear feet, or size variable that you're servicing so we can run those reports and then evolve into that production rate-based estimating system. So. Next step is, well, real quick on yep. those on those inefficiencies, I think it's really important to to state the like positive side of that as well, which is every single one of these that you attack and you find a way to to get some of the inefficiency out is 
uh, like instead of just thinking of it as eroding your bottom line when these things go wrong, every one of these that you fix is more money in your pocket. Uh, like these are just things that are bogging down your margin. And so any of them that you can iron out is money right into your pocket. Yeah, and I couldn't agree with you more. So once we once we figured out the, the time-based system, we went to this production rate-based estimating system, which I'm gonna show you in a few minutes here. Uh, when we dialed it in, we were at we we're adding an extra thirteen hundred to twelve hundred dollars, so twelve to thirteen hundred dollars a week in extra sales without changing piece of equipment or guy or girl on the team. That was bottom line profit. But once we dialed this in and created accountability, uh, we were able to accelerate the amount of sales on each crew each week, and it literally it went to the bottom line profit. So I'm glad you brought that up, Cody. So now that we've got this time based system or guesstimating, I like to call it. Um, a lot of times, especially in the spring, if you got a sales goal in the back of your head or hopefully up on a dry erase board or somewhere uh, in your office, I would potentially go up to a house and say, okay, um, well, it's one hour times by 50 bucks an hour. It's a $50 job. But man, if I gave, I took two, $3 off that $50 job and made it 47, I bet you I could definitely get that job. So what happened is it was some emotion that started to work its way in there, especially during the sales season. So I said, how can I take the experience in my head or somebody in the field's head that's doing these estimates for me and create a non-emotional way to create this price. So what we did is once again, we based it on minutes, hours, or days for one person. And we considered the drive time, debris disposal, material pickup, and material job pickup if we were going to the nursery to pick some things up. But what we did is we created a standardized form. And this revolutionized the business. So we put it on our mobile app. Um, on service autopilot. And what the estimator would do, and we've kind of dubbed this the on-site estimate form. It's kind of something particular that we just do at my old company and now Simple Growth. This is what we, we recommend because it's a non-emotional approach. But we're going to use this in the lawn care example. We've got the number of man minutes to mow the lawn. So it's mow blown edge. And we've broken our drive time into three different zones. So we put the minutes or hours in there and we select the zone. And then when we pull up the estimate uh, in service autopilot, it calculates the price on site and the drive time, and it's gonna give us a budgeted time for both and a cost before profit. All the consumer is gonna see on the bottom line is lawn mowing, but now we've taken the emotion out. So we're putting in the raw data as we walk around the property in our mobile phone, and when we pull up that estimate, that is the price. And the ground rule with people that come in to do a two-day deep dive with Simple Growth as a certified advisor or any of our consulting clients is that price can never go down, it can go up. So if you're ever going to let someone in your business manipulate that price, it's going to go up. It never should go down. So there may be a smaller gate or something that matrix didn't account for. So you can go up, but you really don't want to go down. And that's how we're going to preserve and protect those bottom line margins to hopefully 10% and above, not the industry average. So the next thing is great example, shrub pruning. So we've got the number of man minutes. So how many minutes will it take to prune those shrubs and clean it up and get the debris on the truck? And then how many shrub pruning debris disposal trips is it? So maybe it's a commercial HOA job and you're going to be there a whole week or two. You've got thousands of bushes. So how many trips to the dump are you going to actually get rid of this debris? Or is it one? But we're covering that time and the cost to dispose of it if you're paying to get rid of it. And we've got our drive time zones down here. So these are the things that we can even go into that guesstimating or time-based system and standardize it and start to create predictable, non-emotional estimating. Um, I don't want to leave my home cleaning friends out of this. So we've got same thing here in cleaning. Um, if you're on 
site and you're walking around the home, you'd have that mobile app. Or if you're going in and taking some intake over the phone and there's certain questions you can ask based on the Zillow information and getting the number of people, pets, and living areas, uh, what you're doing is really you're plugging in for a top to bottom deluxe here, the number of hours you think it's going to take for one cleaner, the weekly hours, the biweekly, the monthly, and then the general clean. And the cool kind of thing here is whether it's lawn care or home cleaning, you may have different hourly rates for a weekly, biweekly, and monthly. If it's a general cleaning, that general cleaning price may be an extra $5 per cleaner higher, but now we've created a process. You plug the data in, we select the estimate template, it loads, and the services are all there with the price, budgeted time, and net profit. So now we've taken that emotion out of your guesstimating system, and hopefully we're tracking the square footage or the linear feet of the units to go in and be able to run those reports. So any questions on a high level, Cody, before we actually get into production rate-based estimating, now that we've got this data actually to create a process on our own numbers? On, on the emotions front, my, my only thought is that anything like a dollar here and there doesn't seem like a big deal until you're trying to scale this business and all of those uh, emotional dollars where you cut your bid back a little bit uh, in an attempt to win some more business, all of that is going to come back to haunt you the bigger your business gets. Yeah. And it, I'm just pulling my phone here. Just give you a rough number. It's very interesting. So would you say if you owned a service business that you could eliminate six hours of waste, or I mean, six minutes of waste per hour in your business over, over a 10 hour day? Yeah, definitely. So if you had a two man crew times 10 hours, times four days a week. So you're working four tens. It's eight hours of waste a week that you'd be saving. And let's just say your cost to operate on average is about 36 bucks an hour. So it's $288 of expense you're saving every month or every week. I'm sorry. And let's say you got a 45 week season. It's $12,960 of bottom line profit for eliminating six minutes of waste. Now multiply that by five or six crews. That And that's just one little piece of this. So we want to start to take that emotion out and really streamline these estimates. Because if you start pulling a couple of those minutes out, shaving that price emotionally, that, that can have the same negative effect. Um, yep. But we start saving that time. It can really do that as well. So production rate-based estimating is really where we want to be. Um, and it, basically, you are going to base it on a production rate um of pieces of equipment and time to do this. So we first, we want to go out and say, okay, based on our time, I can mow below an edge a thousand square feet in X amount of time. And then we'd multiply that time times our cost to operate our break even. It would get us our cost. And we'd also have the budgeted time. In addition, once you figure out these production rates for each type of service you have, we need to once again, determine a dollar per man hour charge. So is it 45, 50, $55 per hour per person? Now, the other thing too, is if you're still in the field as the business owner, this is another big mistake. And in the early years, I didn't really conceptualize this. Well, I own the business. I don't have to charge for myself. You absolutely do. Um, so as you're starting to look at this stuff, make sure you're including, if you're on the site, even managing or helping the guys and girls on the team out for a half a day or a quarter day and managing that. Um, if you're actually physically doing the labor, you need to be billing out for that in that hourly charge. And once we've created these production rate-based estimating system on hopefully your numbers now after we've gone through the time-based guesstimating system, uh, things we need to track are linear feet, square footage, sizes, small, medium, and large, and number of items, people, pets, living areas, whatever that is in your specific industry. So 
once again, I really like this on-site estimate for my idea, but now we're not tracking minutes, hours, and days. We're actually tracking a, a variable. And what that variable is going to be is lawn square footage and lawn care, length of uh, landscape bed, the linear foot. So before edging the beds, whether it's a production rate for shoveling or a mechanical edger. Uh, landscape bed square footage right here. So I've got mulch at one, two, and three inches. So what we've done behind the scenes in Service Autopilot says, well, based on the bid or the estimate, what's the depth? And I just plug in the square footage of the bed on the particular depth I want and automatically does the calculation. Um, mulch bed square footage for weeding. So we got a production rate for weeding a bed that's already been maintained. And then we have one that hasn't been maintained. And then we've got how many drive trips to the nursery or your shop to load up the truck based on that job. So we're including that mobilization. Uh, so as we're looking at this, uh, we want to be able to standardize it and delegate it as much as possible over the phone through a product like Smart Maps or Maps Pro, depending on version two or version three of Service Autopilot, we can go in and measure that. Uh, but sometimes you have to go out in the field to do these things. So you have that mobile form and you're walking around, you're not scribbling on a piece of paper and Hopefully it's not raining and the ink's running off the side of paper by the time you get back to the office. You have no idea what you did. Uh, but these are some of the variables. And then we've got the example for shrub trimming again here. And the shrub trimming example goes in and literally has you count the number of large, medium, and small shrubs. So small shrubs are going to be up to three feet. Medium are going to be between three to below six feet. And then a large is going to be between six and ten feet. And then in the bottom there, if you can see it, is we said the number of uh, hedgerows with a ladder and then without a ladder. And they're based on 10 linear feet. So you can actually measure those over the smart map, or if you got one of the handy wheels and you're on site, you wheel it out. Um, but the gentleman that ran my business never cut a, a lawn in his life, never, mo uh, never mowed, never mulched a bed. He was a commercial fertilizing uh, technician, uh, really good at his craft there. But I said, how do I take a guy that has never done any of these things and have him accurately estimate a job that I had 25 years experience in with yeah. no emotion. So we had to find variables or custom fields is what we put them into to track this. And this is how we did it. Believe it or not, uh, this gentleman literally was within a dollar or two of my estimating uh, with 25 years of experience after a, a week or two of using this system. So that's how we went from the hundred hours a week to three to five to an absentee owner, because this, at least in my opinion, in my business was, this was the scariest part to give away because either the person's going to be way too high and we're not going to get any work. They're going to be way too low. We're going to have so much work we don't know what to do with and we're losing money. Um, how do we get them right in the middle so we're getting the jobs where we're most profitable and we're, we've got accountability? Uh, this was the process that we used in my business and um, a lot of other businesses are using. It's very, very helpful to take the emotion out um, and get accurate delegatable estimates in the cleaning industry. The way you're going to be looking at this here potentially is you've got your home square footage. So that's the cleaning area. You've got the number of baths, number of bedrooms, number of stories of the home, number of living areas. What kind of flooring is it? Is it wood tile carpet? That's going to pull into a production rate. Cause if it's all hardwood floors and you're using a product like Bona, you're going to probably get through that a little bit quicker than if you actually have to go out and vacuum all those floors. Is it low pie? Is it high pile? What is like, what does that look like? Cause you're going to have a different production rate based on the different flooring number of pets and people. What is that dirt factor? Uh, Debbie Sardone calls it the dirt code. Um, more people, more pets, the more filth is going to be in that house, the longer it's going to be taking. Um, so these are the things that we, in my opinion, should be looking at to create the foundational parts of the second part of this talk, how do we take that data and actually track it, bring accountability with quality, and then raise our prices based on it. So as we go into here, 
the main thing is building out your services um, and having a trackable way of doing it. I like to call this the blueprint. It's a simple growth blueprint. And Cody, I know we've talked about this before, but you don't build a house without a blueprint. You don't put doors and windows in random places and expect the house to work. Well, you really don't want to create a pricing matrix, the, the thing that's going to calculate your prices without a blueprint. And this is why we take it outside of the software before we put it in the software. And what you'll see here is in the lawn mowing, and I'm also gonna show a cleaning example is, what we ask for is what is your base price, the lowest price that you would be willing to show up. So it's 45 bucks for lawn mowing, that will cover in this, this fictitious example, it'll cover 50 or 5,000 square feet to mow below an edge. Next question is how long is that gonna take one person? And that's the key once again, we don't care if you have a two person, three person crew, we base it on one person and then we'll figure it out on how many people show up that day. But we've got 0.33, we got 20 minutes to mow below an edge. So what we're gonna do is take your numbers. So if you're using an industry professional such as Jason Cup, he, a gentleman like that is gonna be able to go in and build a budget for you and say, this is what you need to charge per hour. And this is what it's costing per hour before you make a net profit. And those are the non-emotional numbers we need to plug into this sheet. And uh, some areas in SA that I'll, I'll hit on in the next screen to show you how we actually plug this in. But the idea is the sheet is checking your profit and profit percentage. And then we're saying if it's more than 5,000, every thousand square feet over our base price is an additional $2.75, 0.05 hours, and a cost of $1.80 before profit. So now we've taken what it should look like, we've tested the math, and now on the next screen, I'm gonna show you how we take the top five lines here and they line up perfectly to the matrix in SA, and the bottom five points line up identically. So this is your blueprint to replicate it inside Service Autopilot. And then let's just say going into next year, Cody, your, your prices change. And, and you maybe you go to Jason Cup's financial roundtable and Jason says, you know what, Cody, you can't charge 55 anymore. You gotta charge 60 and it's costing you $38 an hour now to operate before profit. So when you update those cells, obviously this is a static slide, everything updates in this blueprint and then you just have yourself or an admin go in and simply copy those five lines right in essay. So now you have a blueprint and then you have a record of what you did 12 months before. So now you got, you, you know, cause 12 months goes on. You have, you don't remember what you did. So now we've got a blueprint. So hopefully that makes sense. And then the cleaning as well, very similar. Uh, we're going to go in and say, what's your base price for a, say weekly cleaning? Well, I'm not going to stop for less than 145 bucks. And that's going to cover up to 1200 square feet. We're going to give it 2.9 hours. And if this cell was filled in here, it would tell you how much it costs per hour break even based on that expense of 35. Then we're saying every 500 over the base price of 1200 is going to be an additional $48, 0.97 hours in a cost of $33.83. So that is the cost before profit. Um, and we'd track this number from this number. And that's what that net profit would be. So those are the things we want to look at. But once you got this blueprint, now it demystifies going into a product like Service Autopilot. It simplifies it. So you're going to go in and you're going to create your calculation. And 99.9% .9 of the time, it's always going to be your option of quantity rate times visits. And we're going to base it on a custom field. So those are your job variables. So now we've evolved from our time-based or guesstimating system. And we're basing it on turf square footage. Now, if you're in the guesstimating phase, your custom field could be number of man minutes to mow, number of man hours to clean, number of days of hardscaping. So that also works. Most people don't realize you can base that custom field here on a time variable as well. And then when you have the data, 
we're going to evolve into something like square footage of lawn or home. But right here, you can kind of see this is a screenshot from the previous screen. Those five cells right there are automatically lining up right now, and you just plug them in. So there's no guesswork. We're demystifying service autopilot and making it a plug and play system. And now every thousand square feet over the 5,000, if you click back to that screen, believe it or not, it's these five cells. Very, very simple. It looks confusing if you got in here and you didn't know what it was, but if you can blueprint it and then implement it, those are the keys to success. And these are the foundational parts, Cody, that led to financial success in my business and hundreds of businesses we worked with as a certified advisor. We want to simplify it. We want to check the numbers and have that blueprint that we can update every year and raise our prices accordingly. Now, now that you've got all this, Cody, the next thing is we got to go out and get the work done. <laughs> so as we're going to get the work done, how do we track our daily wins and losses? And how do we actually go out and get our team to see what's going on? So this is how we did it. And this was the manual version. And at the end, I've got a really, really cool thing to show you. We've cracked the code on automating this whole entire report and another one I'm gonna show you in the Service Autopilot Report Center with no emotion. Um, so this is, this is really cool. I'm, I'm gonna get excited here probably. But the idea here is that off your closeout day screen, uh, you should have a budgeted time. So if you've set a budgeted time for every job, you'd enter it into the sheet here and we'd put a start and stop time and we'd have total hours, lunch, and how many people are on the crew. And it's going to give you a percent of budgeted time. So being it live here, I'm going to probably risk this and see what happens. But I'm going to click on this link here to see if I can pull up the large view of this. And all right, we're good. So if I disappear from the show, Cody, uh, as we have the last few weeks with our, our other guests, uh, hold tight, I'll be back. But what we're looking at here is, and let me see if I can bump this up a little bit so folks can see this. So you've got something interesting going on here. So you plug this in from 7 to 5 p.m. They worked a 10-hour day and a half hour for lunch, you potentially have the crew members' names in here. And how many guys or girls are on the crew too? So what this is saying is this is your from clock in to clock out from the shop. Now I've got my budgeted time. This is coming out of your closeout day screen in Service Autopilot. So those are all your budgeted time. So this crew has been given 18 hours to get the job done. If you took 18 and divided by two, that's how many total hours? You got nine hours for the day. Um, so we've got gross hours of 20, we have an hour of lunch for two folks, and we've worked 19 hours. So your, that's your payroll hours. You're going to pay them 19 hours of payroll. Problem, Cody, here is we've only given them 18. So we're one hour over budget. Mm -hmm. Now, how do we translate this to our team? Well, it's actually it's a pretty simple process. So if you can see this here, this 94%, that's the number. And on the next slide, I'll show you how we did it. But we're going to actually post this in our shop on the dry erase board or the TV or whatever that is. Um, but when we first did it, we would put uh, the budget, the actual physical hours for the crew. And it created animosity because some crews inevitably would get more hours and some would get less. And depending on how hot or cold it was or where we were at in the season, you couldn't win. Like, oh, you gave us too many hours. They only had to work 40 hours. We had to work 50 hours a day on the holiday week. Whatever it is, you don't want to put the hours. So what I'm recommending is we make it a percentage here. Apples to apples. So if it's one hour or a hundred hours, it's, it's, it's a percentage. It's non-emotional. So as we built the math behind this, Cody, I said, how can we simplify this for our team to understand and just literally make it drop dead? I don't want to say stupid, but, but easy to understand. 
And what we did is if you were over budget, so that's not good. Like you took an hour longer than it should have. You didn't do your job. So you only gave 94%. And there's a quality constraint uh, of plus and minuses behind this. So I'll show you what that looks like on the next screen. Because we can't only do production, but we need to have quality with it as well. Um, but let's say we, we changed this up and it was actually 19 um, hours and 19. So when the sheet updates here, it's going to actually come out to 100%. So Cody, I can say, hey, you did your job today. You hit your time dead nuts. You gave 100%. Perfect. And we got a quality constraint. You gave 100%. What if I said, you know what, Cody, I'm going to give you 20 hours. Of this, and you did it in 19, so you're one hour under budget. Well, you gave 105% today. You kicked butt and you had a quality constraint. So now you can see, um, not that our employees aren't smart. They definitely are. But these aren't things they're probably used to looking at. So if we can break it down of giving 100% with a quality constraint, it's going to be significantly easier for them to understand that. Mm -hmm. um, so as we go in then, This is a sheet that we used or a replication of the sheet that we used on the dry erase board at Callahan's. But as you can see, we've got all of our crews listed here fictitiously, and we've got a percentage budget. So that's that percentage that we had. We have a quality score. And what we did is we had the manager go out to a sampling internally of every, every day of each crew, and they would give a plus or minus one. And if it was like damage, like a window buster or something purposely, that may have a larger negative value. But the idea is a, a complement is a one a negative is you know under 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 quality so we had internal qc and then we had external qc so basically that was our clients writing in and giving compliments or complaints via the phone so we had internal qc and external qc of our clients and what we did just here on crew one is we had a percentage for the week so their overall budget percentage was 93 so they're about seven percent over budget and we had a quality score of six so we would track each day and then the following Monday, we'd have a little huddle and we'd go through each crew. And then the winner, based on percent of budget and quality, a combination of both, would get a gift card to say the movies or going out to dinner, whatever that was. Uh, we tried to stick away from these gift cards being to go out for like a gas card or groceries because we actually wanted them to spend the time with the friends or family uh, enjoying that for that recognition. Um, and then we'd have our crew averages right here as well. So we know as a company as a whole, did we win or lose this day? Mm -hmm. So that's what's going in there. Now, the final part of this, as we bring it across the finish line, because now we're getting to the top of the hour here, is raising prices. So what our KPI sheet here did is it tracked the daily wins and losses. So if you went across this sheet, it would have all the crews. So we could see each day and then each week, did we win or lose? But now we got to figure out, we gotta, we're going to raise the prices. So how are you going to do it, Cody? Are you going to raise it by a percentage or a dollar amount across the board? Probably charge everybody $5 more. Probably not the way we want to do it. Yeah. So what we did here is on the second page of that sheet, uh, we had a job costing report. And what happens here is we pulled this, extracted this right out of service autopilots, um, pre-built canned reports. It looks like a little toaster oven in the report center on the left-hand side, but you, you pull this job costing report on so this is just a data sampling of two lawn mowings, but you would have in July 15th, you'd probably have 15, 16 cuts, depending on the part of the season. And then November, December, you'd have 30 to maybe 35 cuts. So you got a statistical mean, but what would, it is, we're charging 54 bucks and 28 cents a cut. 
Our average revenue per man hour here is 54.28 and 60.31. So this is actually from the mobile phone right here, Cody, clocking in and out in SA. What it's forcing the, the office to do though, when they fill those daily things out is they have to have good data in there to be able to report that out. So we're checking our stats and data each and every day. But on average right now, we're averaging $57.30 per man hour on site. Now, obviously this was pulled out of a test account but if we had the information under payroll job costing on the employees loaded in here, we'd have a labor costing. And if they use the mobile, once again, highly recommend using it, clocking in and out of the drive time, we'd have a drive time cost effect as well. So all the data is here now. And then the final part that I want to show you here is, Cody, is if we were making 57.30 and our goal right here was 50, we're $5.30 higher than what our goal is. So what the sheet's saying is, you know what, Mike? You charge $54.28, your Numo price is $54.28. You don't have to raise the price. We're making $4 more than we needed. But mm -hmm. let's say we went in and our goal was 60. The sheet now non-emotionally says we need to charge $2.56 more per visit on average to hit that goal of $60. So if your goal is 60 bucks an hour and I've got one in here and I'm making $100 an hour, Cody, I don't want to touch that one. That is, Absolutely. that's gold. But in essence, when you raise that percentage or across the board, you're taking those massive profitable clients and you're forcing them to shop. you. So this is the way to go. And what we did at Callahan's is literally, I would go in, Cody, believe it or not, this old Mrs. Smith I've been cutting since high school. I don't want to raise her price. I feel bad. I'd highlight it in black. <laughs> and that would drag the formula down and send it to my admin. And then she'd raise the prices. When they were out the door, then I'd have to see whose prices went up. But that's, that's the non-emotional part. Um, so as we close this up, this is pretty much the, um, the groundbreaking part. I like to call it version two of KPI and accountability. Automated daily and weekly reports and service autopilots report center. So this is the version of the daily versus actual thing. So remember we said you were 125% or you were 100 or maybe 85. This crew beat their budgeted time. They're 125%. When I put a sum total on it, these two here would equal 100%. They hit their budget time. If they're below, over budget would be below again. But we built this out inside Service Autopilot's Report Center. But that wasn't enough because the biggest thing is we knew we could do this beforehand. But the problem was when people get automated reports, they don't check the data. Mm -hmm. And Scott Howard had trained over at SA with Joe. Conversations we've had is these reports are powerful. But these reports are only as good as the data you put in them. So I thought if we were going to build this for people in the SA ecosystem and utilize it, it had to make sure there was good data. So what we've done, and it took a while to figure it out, we have data checking. So we check your clock time in and out. So if the crew did the job and clocked in and out under a minute, you'd have a red button here, check your data. Nice. Check the billable hours. So if you're billing by the hour, it's an hourly job, check the data. Budgeted hours. If you don't have budgeted hours, check the data job amount. I can't tell you how many accounts I've gone into as a certified advisor that people have been mowing a lawn for free for three, four weeks. There's no price on there. So these cells here, the way we built it turn red, if you do not have good data at face level. Yeah, so now of the normal parameters. Yep. And now we've got good data to go run our production reports in three to six months to so go from your guesstimating system to your production based estimating system. These are the numbers that you can use uh, in your business to, to show public accountability. And the final thing I got to show you 
is this is what was really interesting, Cody, automated job cost and reports. So let's say you've got several thousand clients. Who wants to go through this, this a sheet like this and physically, you know, look at this and then drag this cell down and run this formula and make sure if there was, if there was bad data, you had to go back and fix it. Um, and hopefully you caught it all. What this sheet does, as you can see, check your actual hours, check your revenue. And the example up here, you probably can't see it on the screen on this fictitious data set. We need to raise our price $5 and four cents on average a cut to hit our hourly goal of 55 bucks. And if our average goal of 55 bucks here, we're making, we don't have to raise it at all. Um, I had some fun where we had to raise it by $1,200, but that would be an interesting report right there, Cody, if you're doing a design build and it's a one-time job. So what should have I charged now that I know I've like gotten destroyed on this job? Um, but this other one for $1,290, that wasn't really unusual in our business, Callahan's. When we first ran this report the first year or so, until we figured it out, we had people who were raising their prices 12 to 15 bucks a cut. Believe it or not, most of them didn't leave because they knew they were getting a smoking deal. Yeah. Imagine if I had raised it 12 bucks across the board and my $100 an hour accounts all would have left. Yeah. So this is the key to success in my, in my business and a lot of people using service autopilots. Uh, if you want to learn more about Pro Plus reporting on service autopilot, feel free to reach out to me as a service uh, certified advisor. There's several other certified advisors or give service autopilot a call. But the thing that you really want to look at is if you haven't evolved into the reporting, the Pro Plus has that reporting and the key thing is you can automate those reports on a daily and weekly basis, and you can automate those reports to go to you, whoever needs to be there, twice a year, three times a year, whatever that is, to raise your prices. So it's not only enough to have it, but the automations on Pro Plus allows you to be empowered and make sure what should happen happens when it should happen without having to remember. Because let's face it, in the middle of July, it's crazy. We're not thinking about going in and auditing our prices and possibly raising our prices at the best time of the year because... Most service businesses aren't returning phone calls or doing estimates. They're too busy. So why not raise your prices on just the losers? Just like Jack Welch raised the prices on the, the bottom 10%, we can systematically go and elevate ourselves from that 5 or 19% in cleaning up to double-digit profit margins and be the leader in our industry. So, Cody, that's all I got. I know we went a little over time, but I thought it was important to uh, kind of just lift the hood of what you can do in your business foundationally from guesstimating to production rate estimating, how to report, get buy-in with quality, and then let the power of service autopilot automate it and make those non-emotional changes for you. It's awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, I know we're at the top of the hour. So until next week, SA weekly talk show uh, with hopefully special guest Martha Woodward uh, coming out. Um, and we will see you again next week. Cody, appreciate it coming out. 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Central, SA weekly talk show, episode 54. Check it out on all your podcast outlets as well uh, should be up live probably by the end of the day. Awesome. If you like this show, you might want to check out our resources at www.startsimplegrowth.com. While you're there, enter to win an estimator chatbot. Mike Callahan is available for private coaching.